You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. Welcome, Queerstians. We are back with another episode of Your Queer Story. We are your hosts. I am the amazing Evan Jones. And I am the outstanding and better than Evan Paul Hobbs. And we're not in the competition. But I I'm actually better. won the poll. That There's ran in not, my head. There is literally... <laughs> ran in my head. Paul just on the computer, making a poll, answering the poll. Making yeah. an answer. It was a one-person poll. I was the only one who could respond, and I voted for myself. So. Um, yes, and you won. Yes, you and Donald Trump, you have the same methods. <laughs> He's the best president, the greatest president. He had the most arrogant interview and I, that's saying a lot. That that's is saying, saying a lot. a lot. But I forgot, I read something where, oh, no, it wasn't an interview. He put out um, a tweet that said... I'm uh, thankful for myself or something. Yeah. For the actions <laughs> I took on the border on Veterans Day or something um, like that. He's like... No, for what, Thanksgiving. You, thankful for the way that our country is running. Thank you, President T. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Man, Thanksgiving dinner with him must be a bitch. Literally. All right, kids. Everybody go around. Want you to say one thing you're thankful for for me? I'll start with you, Eric. I was gonna say, didn't your dad do that? But no, it was the opposite. Like he gave you guys cards about like what he was thankful about. That, or like, oh yeah, yeah. He gave us a blessing. <laughs> he called it a blessing where he talked about he just basically gave us his opinion of us. <laughs> and I'm not gonna tell you where mine was, but it wasn't a very high opinion. <laughs> God, I should just start doing that. New family should like when we have our little like when we have our East Coast family together, just be like, all right, everybody, I'm gonna give you a blessing, blessing. and I'm gonna tell you what I really think about all of you. This is a blessing. You suck, <laughs> and you really suck, and I kind of like you, <laughs> and that's a blessing. Yeah, and you just leave feeling like shit. Yeah. So happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm sure that's what Donald does, and then at the end he like puts. Ten ways that you could be more like me. Probably. I have to work on it. Probably. And you know what? I bet Ivanka kills it. Because I bet Ivanka, she 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 could be like her father. She's probably the most deviant. Probably. Well, you know what also is awkward is that Trump said, like, if he if she wasn't his oh, daughter, yeah, yeah. he no, would, like... Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely a creepy relationship. He would, like, bang her. Yeah. Yeah. It's a definitely a creepy relationship. But also, like, she's the one that he's most proud of. And he just really wishes that she was a boy. Also doesn't wish that she was a boy because he likes to look at her, but he wishes that Maybe she was a boy. Maybe he does. You never know. What? Wish that he was a boy. She was a boy. So well, I'm sure because he's probably like look fucking disappointed with the other two. No, to no. look at him. Maybe he. Oh, maybe you never maybe know. He is. That's why he got Mike Pence. Mike Pence is super anti-gay. You know what that means? <laughs> like every time somebody's been as anti-gay as Mike Pence is. Like, oh, they end up being super gay. There's some. We're gonna get a report like in like a year and a half of some twink on Grinder like. 
like ended up at Mike Pence's like apartment or something. Yeah. It's going to happen. I don't think t- Trump is gay, but I do think that yeah, Trump has had, like, know. experiences with other men, but, I, but, like, he was definitely topping, or he was, like, maybe a threesome, who, two guys and another woman. Like, he's had experiences like that. I don't think he's gay. Or never any, know. Um, no, I don't think he's gay, but I don't think straight men are real, so. <laughs> you think they're all on the spectrum? I think everybody's at least a little bit gay. Yeah. I think everybody's a little bit on, like, I don't know if it's gay, but everyone, I think that sexuality is fluid. It's just whether or not you're going to explore it. If you're not exploring it, you're making Listen, a choice. If you not watch to straight explore. porn, you're a little bit gay. If you watch straight porn, you're a little oh because you're watching a guy fuck another girl. Yeah, so you're still looking at a dick. You're still oh, okay. So they can only watch lesbian porn. Yes. And then that makes them gay because you're watching lesbian porn. But you can't be straight. It doesn't. <laughs> it's not real. No, no. It, there's it's it's all fluid. But that means you're a little bit gay or you're a little bit straight. No, I'm really not. No, it's, it's fluid. No, but that's not fair for you to say. You can't say that every man kind of maybe wants to be with another man, but that no man kind of, every man doesn't kind of maybe want to be with a woman. I don't. I have no interest. So then you can't tell me that there's not a, a straight guy out there that feels the same way. Yes, I can. No, you can't. I can say whatever You're I want. Prejudiced. I'm a podcast host. I can say whatever I want. I don't what know if you know. is law. <laughs> I don't know if you know that's how podcasts work. That's true. That's true. Remember, folks, this is all opinion, so if we're the only ones you're getting your information from, good luck. <laughs> and don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. So we hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Um, what did you do this week? I went to the thanks- David's family's Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Love that Puerto Rican rice with the turkey. It like, mm-hmm. goes so good together. Yeah, it does. Um, we bought PSVR. Played yes. lots of virtual reality. Had, you know, you and everyone over for some VR games. Yep. Hurt my knee because you played it. Hot Shot, what was it called? Super Hot? Super Hot, yeah. You basically have to dodge bullets like the Matrix. And when you're in virtual reality, it feels super real. So I just basically dropped to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else did I do? I did a lot. I did a lot more than that. It was a, lot, it was a busy week. It was a four-day weekend for me. So yeah. I did a ton. But I just... Did you do any Black Friday shopping? We went to Ulta. Mm-hmm. Well, David went to Ulta and I tagged along. They didn't really have any sales. Yeah. They only had like doorbusters, but obviously we went at like 10 a.m. So like yeah. all the doorbusters were gone. Um, yeah. I played some lot of video games yeah. just like every other week, but I skipped drag shows this week. Mm. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I feel like I did so much more, but I can't think. I of- feel like I did too. I like I had... It's like, oh, I'm going to have so much to talk about, but now I'm thinking about it. Let's see. Well, I went... Oh, we had our family dinner. Yes. You came over. Yes, came we over. did. We had, we had Chinese food because mm-hmm. I've been on the keto diet, and I was like, I'm going to cheat tonight, so what can I have? I'm going to have Chinese food because I've been craving some General Tso's chicken. Well, because you used to eat it about every other night. Yes, so. because it's so good. And it's, I mean, you get it's a good. whole meal for $5. Like... <laughs> This how yeah, like I don't know. You eat it a lot more than the average person. I don't know how anyone can eat that much General Tso's. It's so good. It's the only thing I ever order from a Chinese place. Yes. I never order anything else. David's like, do you want to get this and split it? I'm like, nope. Yeah. I'm getting my General Tso's with my two crab rangoon and my duck sauce. Yeah. That's it. And so it's really uh, kind of cool because, so our group of friends, it's like, like we like lived together for a while and then we all moved to Rhode Island together and... Um, at Thanksgiving time, two of them, David and our best friend Katie, who was on the Marquis de Sade mm-hmm. episodes, um, uh, they had their birthdays like two days apart. 
And then right in the middle of the birthday, I celebrate my sobriety anniversary. And then there's Thanksgiving. And so, like, every year we do, like, a family dinner where yeah. we, like, you know, we just eat and celebrate all the good things that are happening. And just have fun, hang out, catch yeah. up. Yeah. So it's really fun. And then until Paul decided he was going to make us play zombie games in virtual reality, which I did not do. Because you should I'm have. Spying. No, absolutely okay. should not have. Killing Floor, PlayStation 4 VR. There's these spider zombies. I screamed. Mm-hmm. I'm almost positive our neighbor no. thought we were getting murdered in no. here. When because... Katie is screaming like that, then I know I'm not going near it. Because <laughs> Katie's tolerance for horror is like as high as any person I've ever seen. And she was screaming she like She was a screaming bitch. bloody murder. She was. She was. Uh, so no. No thank you. Um, I just did the that hot whatever one. Super hot. Bullet. Super hot. You're really good at it. I was really surprised. I was calm. Why but, were you surprised? Because even with the gun, you got all headshots. Yeah, like that's you where you're supposed to head. I'm not. I'm not fucking messing around. You didn't hit their body. You didn't hit their arm. It was like literally, you're, you blew all their heads <laughs> off in one blow. It was just like boom, boom, boom. You took three people out. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, it's the Indiana and in me just coming through, seeps through. <laughs> I remember as a kid, I they, well, that's because when I was little, my granddad and my dad would take me out and they would make me shoot the gun my granddad my granddad he took me out to the field my granddaddy and i had to line all the the targets up and i had to stand in a bog and i had to shoot all them what targets. That, what's a bog the bog it's like a it's a a bog is it's like a it's not swamp it's like a thick swamp oh okay like a bog okay. yeah i thought you were it was some kind of like box that you no it's not like some southern no like because he had these, my so his green his green bean field grandpa yeah, I did have a grandpappy too. Did you? That was my great. I just had a papa. You just had a papa. This is so northern of you. I had a granddaddy. I had a papa. I had a grandpappy. I had all of it. <laughs> I did have a mama. You did have a mama. Yeah, I had a. That was about as southern as I got. I feel like I'm very far from. Me. I had a mima. What was my great grandma's name? I can't remember. My great grandma was mama. Yeah, my thing about mama. It's been a while. They passed away a while. I mean, they were my great grandparents. They right. died in their late nineties. So. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know where we're going. So anyways, <laughs> so all that stuff. So we had our family Thanksgiving. Then I had I had my Thanksgiving with Samantha and her family. Did you go to eight my different family. houses? No, that's Christmas. Thanksgiving is nice because we just relax at one person's house. Christmas, we got to get up and fucking move all around goddamn Rhode Island. And we're trying to cram in all this in one day. And by the end of the day, you're exhausted. But it's okay. I love you guys. Um, <laughs> they give me lots of presents, so I don't care. Um... And then um, I celebrated three years sober, and so that was that was nice. Which, by the way, I'm super proud of you. Thanks. Um, and then, um, and that was it. And then, like, I worked the weekend, mm-hmm. little stuff. So yeah, yeah. You had to work the weekend. I had four days off. It's great. Yeah, I almost took today nice, off, but nice, I was like, nice. I should just save my vacation time. Yeah. Yep. You save your vacation time? Yeah, because I get to carry over 40 weeks to next year. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, 40 weeks? 40. 40 yeah, hours. I wish. Could you imagine? <laughs> I'll be back like, uh, every day. As you walk in one day, okay, I'm going on vacation. I'll be back then. in November. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, 40 hours, yes. Yeah, 40 I, hours. I get to carry 40 hours over into the next year. That's cool. Yeah. That's they pay out the sick time, whatever you didn't use, then 40 mm-hmm. hours carries over. You get, you lose your floating holidays, though. Yeah. Sorry to use my, of course. Because okay. fuck that. Smart. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah. there we go. So good. So we hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving too. Ate lots of of turkey or tofu or whatever it is that you like to eat. Um, 
for your for your Thanksgiving dinner. If you had anything fun that most people don't usually have, feel free send us a comment. Comment on our our uh, on our social media. You can find us on pretty much any social media at your queer story. And we just want to give a shout out to our Patreons. This our patrons as patrons Patreons patrons. We want to give a shout out to you guys because this episode is brought to you by them. If you'd like to become a patron and get access to our exclusive video footage, then just go to patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. And, uh, yeah. You can subscribe to get exclusive content for as little as $3. Mm-hmm. We also have tiers of $20, $30, and $40. Which is more for our advertisers, but... Yes, so, um, if you'd like to, you know, get your business or name out there for, you know, whatever reason, just, uh, let us know. Yeah, yeah, we got a couple different packages for if you want to advertise through here, especially if you want to get connected to the queer community. So we have a couple of patrons that we want to give a special shout out to. Um, the first is Michael Finling, the author of The Knight's Wishing Well, which, as we've talked about before, is a super cute, super fun, um, modern twist, modern queer twist on classic fairy tales. Yeah, so... We've got a... Blonde wizard who never ages, a group of female giants wearing high heels, and just all kinds of fun. It's a really great quick read. Um, it's great for children. I enjoyed it as an adult, but I enjoy a lot of things. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like... Yeah. $6 on Amazon Prime. You can get it in two days. Makes a great stocking stuffer. Makes a great donation to your local library, your local elementary schools. Um, if... When I was a kid, I wish I had something like this to read because it would have made me understand myself a little bit better and it would have made me feel not so different because as a child, when you're reading or watching TV, everyone's straight. Unless you're watching like adult things where people are dying, there's usually a gay character who gets killed off. But yeah. I mean, you don't have anything as a kid. Yeah, exactly. So, And think about that if you have a child that's queer or if you just want your child to be more exposed. So... Again, as we've said, it's a great um, for this uh, time of year with the holidays coming up. And I also, we also want to give a special shout out to Courtney Klein. Um, yeah. She just subscribed to our Patreon, so thank you for uh, subscri- subscribing. Yeah, thank you for your support, Courtney. We hope you like you, what's on there. We got some new stuff coming soon. At least I do. Going to try to put out a commentary on uh, Trump's asking the Supreme Court to push the transgender ban. So more on that. But uh, yeah, so thank you for our Patreons. And again, uh, you know, um, we, it's the season for giving. So if you want to give to a good cause, uh, you can make a donation. It could be monthly. It can just be one time. Any little bit helps. Yes, and all money goes directly back into either the podcast or the queer community. It does not go into either of our pockets. That's right. And it's a much better place to donate than the place that we're going to talk about today. Well, that's a nice little segue. Yeah, so let's jump into the topic. And we're actually covering, if you read the title, The Salvation Army. Ding, 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 There's a man outside ringing a bell. Ding, 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 ding. Or a woman. Yeah. Um, that's right. Usually, you know, usually a little aggressive. Like, <laughs> really, you know, they're ringing really that ding, bell. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, well, I would be too if I was out there in the cold. Well, yeah, it's pretty freaking cold. Uh, um, so... So this is actually a tricky subject because the Salvation Army has truly done a lot of good for people around the world. We don't want to discredit the aid they have brought to countless communities, particularly when it comes to substance abuse. According to Lieutenant Colonel Ron Busro, 
The Salvation Army is the largest provider of drug and alcohol recovery service in the United States. It also offers shelter for the homeless, disaster relief, assistance for former prisoners re-entering society, and more. It serves about 25 million people in the United States annually, and it has operations in 128 countries around the world. Uh, we are the front lines of serving those in need, Boussereau stated to Advocate Magazine in 2017. But as with many evangelical societies, there's always a catch. They're a fucking cult. <laughs> Maybe a little bit inside, yeah. Uh, I'd love to cover them on a cult podcast one day. Um, by the way, when we're referring to like lieutenants and colonels, which we'll get to in a little bit, we're talking about their own rankings, not like an actual colonel. So don't get um, it twisted. Don't get it twisted. None of these, none of these references are in, uh, are none of these ranks are in reference to actual military members. The military is not involved with this. They just made up their own fucking thing. They really did. So the organization has a long, long history of opposing queer rights, though they recently drew attention when it came to light that they were denying service to homeless transgender individuals. The truth is, this bizarre institution has been pushing an anti-LGBT agenda for decades on those who come to them for help. But first, let's go back to the beginning and give a little background on who the Salvation Army is and the real purpose of their charity. William and Catherine Booth were devout Methodists in London, England, seeking to reform the world from the evil three A's. Atheism, alcoholism, and anarchy. In July of 1865, they set up a tent in Whitechapel to minister to the poor and soon after founded the Christina Revival... That's supposed to be Christian. (laughs) My version was better. (laughs) Who's Christina? I don't know her. (laughs) Christian Revival Society, later renamed the Christian Mission. Christina Mission. (laughs) The primary aim of the Salvation Army was not to provide charity, but to win souls from the devil. Booth stated that what was important was not whether a man died in the poorhouse, but if his soul was saved. Because you can fucking die and you can starve, but as long as you go to heaven, it's okay. Because Jesus is going to make it better. In truth, the Christian Mission was one of over 500 charities established in East London during the time. However, while many charities folded within a matter of years, the mission remained strong, mostly due to William and Catherine's devotion. Bravo. Excellent job. Um, uh, By the way, his little three evil, I want to point out his three evil A's, atheism, alcoholism, and anarchy. He really liked little, like, things like that. Later on, his um, little um, mantra for the Salvation Army was, are you okay? I got vodka in my eye. Well, stop trying to flick fucking blueberries into it. (laughs) Just, Just swallow them. Stop sticking your thing in, you're dabbing blueberries at the bottom of your vodka. I want them out. Huh? You shouldn't have put them in there. But they were good. You're going to get too drunk before the end of this. Mm. I'll be good. Anyways. I had David check the drink before I started it. No, I checked the drink. No, Jay, Jay. (laughs) Oh yeah, you're doing great. You don't even remember your boyfriend's name. David was here when I made the drink and I had him check the amount of vodka I put in it. All right. Okay. Anyways, my thing about his mantra is that for the Salvation Army, he laid there was soap. Sh- no, no, it was soup, soap, and salvation. Those were the three things that they wanted to give the people that came: give them soup, a little food, give them a shower, and give them salvation. So I don't know. Fuck clothes. 
Fuck clothes. Just Who let them run clothes? around naked and be sinners. Doesn't matter. Bad They're ass. sinners anyways. Huh? Bad nests and their sinners. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Soap, soup, soap, and salvation for the sinners. Hey, Christians. Do you own a business? Are you an author or an entertainer? And would you like a great way to grow your audience? Well, this commercial slot could be yours. For just $20 a month, we can advertise your show on our podcast. And as a rapidly growing queer content source, we want to help get your name out there. So if you want even more promotion, you can just choose our $30 tier to get ads and links on our website. And for only $40 a month, we'll review your product on our YouTube channel and link it to all of our social media. So go ahead, send an email to your queer story at gmail today or reach out to us on social media via messenger and let us make your business a little more queer bye, bye. in 1878 william was dictating a letter to his secretary and said we are volunteer army bromwell booth william's son heard his father father and said volunteer i'm no volunteer i'm a regular the secretary was then instructed to cross out the word volunteer and substitute with the word salvation. And thus, the Christian mission was renamed the Salvation Army. And what followed was just weird. From this You simple... know what? That makes a lot of sense now. I understand why they have ranks, because it's the Salvation Army. I always just thought of it as a name. I never thought of it as like... Oh, no, no, that's the thing. I think everybody thinks that the Salvation Army was just like, it's a Christian organization that does charity, and they're I, like, yeah. oh, okay, whatever. But they don't get that, like, literally, these people think they're in an army. They think they're in an army. So, from this simple conversation, an entire reorganization of the charity was created. So, this organization has been going on for about 13 years at this point. And William Booth is like, you know what? Wasn't William Booth the name of the guy who killed Lincoln? No, that's John Wilkes Booth. Oh, same thing. Still a W in there. (laughs) Same dev. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure William Booth would be very... William Booth was starting a, a worldwide charity the same year that John Wilkes Booth was assassinating the president. Also, William was doing this in London, and John Wilkes was doing this in the United States. But, yes. Yeah. Of course, the person in the United States is getting murdered because we have no fucking <laughs> With gun, gun violence. <laughs> is anybody surprised? London's like, let's make a charity. And the United States is like, let's just kill some more let's people. Let's kill it's someone. Fine. Another death. All right. So anyway, so so 13 years this thing has been going on and William Booth has one little conversation and decides that he's going to change the entire structure of his mission and make it an army. So suddenly there were ranks. William began to refer to himself as a general and he wore a full British military uniform. His employees were filed into ranks and also wore uniforms. The foundation, the Salvation Army was modeled after the military with its own flag and its own music. Booth and other soldiers were in God's army and would wear the army's own uniform, putting on their armor, which is from a verse in the Bible to put on the armor of Christ. And they would wear the armor for meetings and ministry work. Um, and they actually, today, they still, like the higher-ups, wear these uniforms. and they But they don't have like their own military uniform. They wear whatever country they're in. So they're in 128 countries. And actually, I heard this fact. I don't know if it's... <laughs> in case you couldn't hear my yeah. boyfriend screaming at video games again. yes good thank you david um no so what i heard so i don't know if this is true but i heard that they got kicked out of russia because they some people say 
Some people say they got kicked out of Russia because they were impersonating the military. It wasn't because of their charity work. It was because they were wearing Russian military uniforms and they because they kept insisting on impersonating the military, the Russians kicked them and out. And then, of course, they were like, we got kicked out because we were being charitable. Exactly. They're discriminating against us. And so Russia's just like, get your own fucking uniform. It's weird. You know what probably happened? What? This might be slightly offensive. Because I feel I do feel bad for the missionary who just died. Oh no, death, no! Let's death, talk about the missionary because I want to happen. Death is horrible. Death is horrible. Um, imagine if he tried to wear like their native tribal uniform and oh, swim God. across. No, he's just in like a little cloth on his crotch and he's like <laughs> swimming across. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, it's interesting. Let's let's we're gonna let's talk about the missionary in a second because this is actually gonna get right into that. So because we're definitely gonna talk about the missionary in this episode. All right. So so. With this rebranding came a heart came harsher rules and guidelines to the people they were saving. The moral code that was enforced was extreme, even by the even by the standards of whoever David's versing had heal. <laughs> the moral code that was enforced was extreme, even by the standards of society when it started. There was no drinking, swearing, smoking. Premarital sex or gambling allowed. The only permissible pleasure was praying, <laughs> was praying and playing in the army band. Ooh, fun. All of those people were gay. <laughs> this was justified by saying that the Bible had described these acts as sinful, and this moral code had a dark side, and that it allowed the Salvation Army to blame the victims of poverty for their own situation, which is what fucking cults do. Yeah, they could argue that an individual sin was the cause of their poverty. So, you know what? You had sex before you got married. That's why you're out on the streets. It's exactly why. All of your problems in life are because of your sin. And I had the same exact problems, but it's just because I'm a human being with problems. But your problems are because you sin. It's like when a, a transgender person has mental health issues and people are like, you have mental health issues because you're transgender. Right. But this person over here who's not trans has mental health issues because some people fucking have mental health issues. Which, That's right. if you need someone to talk to... You can talk to us anytime. Yes, please want to put that, I always help. want to put that out there because if you ever need help, just talk to us. Yeah. Um, so this also meant that any of the poor who broke the Salvation Army's moral code were denied access to food and clothing, a practice which reportedly continues today. So, yeah. Despite how ridiculous it seems, a new brand was working because within two years, the SA had opened its first U.S. branch in Pennsylvania. And during the 1880s, the mission planted locations in France, Switzerland, Sweden, and more. All in all, Booths, the Booths would send recruits and establish so-called bases in 58 countries during their lifetime. While this sounds like incredible charity work, the truth is, Booth was in such a hurry to create a worldwide Christian army that he often sent out missionaries that were hopelessly unsuited for the task. There were many mistakes and avoidable mishaps along the way. By encouraging salvationists, a term they use for themselves, to force themselves on drinkers and gamblers, Booth put his soldiers directly in the firing line. This is like when you were like 12 mm -hmm. in the streets of downtown Chicago. Yeah, yeah. People don't know. Yeah, so my church, my cult, we would... We did soul winning. So that's where we would go out door to door. It's kind of like what the Jehovah's Witnesses do, where we go door to door trying to spread our message. We wanted to tell people how they could be saved, a term that's used in a lot of evangelical groups. And we wanted to invite them to church. And um, we started this at age 12. You were, when you were in seventh grade, stop laughing. When you were in seventh grade, 
you would start your soul winning. And every Saturday from like 8 a.m. till noontime or 1 p.m., we would go to Chicago and there would be one driver and like 10 of us. So they would just drop us out on the streets of Chicago. And as they were driving, they would swallow goldfish. Yeah. No, no. That's another story. Okay. That's another story. Anyways, so they would drop us off and then we would walk around. So you think about all the news you hear in Chicago today. That was me in the mid-2000s walking around fucking Chicago in my skirt at 12 years old telling people that they're going to go to hell because they're not listening to my message. Thank you, parents. Yes, so... um... Um, Anyways, yeah. But so, like, yeah, so let's talk about this. So, and all of that, let's lead to the missionary Taking a lot of pictures for us. They're taking for pictures for our, our... My forehead gets really wrinkled. Mine does too. I, that must be an Indiana thing, because look at mine. <laughs> you think it's... Again, it's I all those toxic fumes we Everything is blamed on Indiana. Every bad Any issue I have life. in my life, I'm like, it's because like, I'm from Indiana. You don't know what it's like being from Indiana. All right. Anyways, <laughs> where is it going? So the missionary. All right. So if you haven't been following the news, you don't know about... And I don't know the name of the tribe, because I, I didn't put as much thought into the research this is completely going off script i actually um don't remember the tribe i believe it's somewhere near australia yeah probably completely wrong about that but i really feel like it's near australia i actually they have a series on netflix about them or maybe just like a single documentary i remember watching it and they are just like this tribe they're like the only tribe left in the area who has never been contacted like Mm -hmm. they don't want to be contacted they're doing their own fucking thing they just exist. They have their They're own them. island. It is theirs. They and are sovereign have, people. Exactly. And the, the um, whoever, the, the world, the United States, nations, I don't know, someone said made it illegal for anyone to go to this tribe. They made it illegal for you to go to that island. Let them live their way. Like, they, 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 they don't want to be colonized. Okay. So anyways, so you could, it just takes a quick Google research if you want to read the story. So this young missionary... Grew up in um, an evangelical church, and he, like, talked a lot about how he wanted to go to this tribe. That was, like, his big thing in life. And you have to understand with evangelicals and fundamentalists, like, they're all about spreading the word, and they're about giving your life for Christ. And they will talk hype up you going and dying in some country for no fucking reason and pretending that it's because you're trying to spread the word of god they hype up these stories i shared a story on my my social media of a book that i read growing up called buried a life of christ and it was all these really gruesome stories about missionaries that died trying to win lost souls for christ like there was one where this guy was buried up to his neck and then honey was poured on his his head, and ants came and ate oh his face God. alive. That sounds horrible. And I was reading that at like you know ten years old. But it's because you they want it to be glamorized. Exactly. Like you should be willing to do this exactly. for your God to save the soul of other people. Yeah, if I really loved God, I'd be willing you know to what? suffer Why don't like we that. Fucking start a church and make a shit ton. Of money? We should start a church and make a shit ton of money. That's what the Salvation Army is. It's just a fucking church. It's a church. It's a weird military cult church, and that's where you're dropping your money in every year. Anyways, so there's glorifying of missionaries, so that's how they glorify it. So this young man, sadly, was encouraged to follow such a stupid dream. And I'm not saying he's stupid. I'm saying he was encouraged to follow a stupid dream. He was brainwashed into believing that this was the right thing to do. Exactly, that he should do that. Nobody sat him aside and said, I don't think you should do that. He was encouraged to do it, and he died. And now his family is is celebrating the holidays without him because of this martyrdom complex that some evangelicals have. And it's fucking bullshit. And that's what William Booth did. You know, he would send these 
people out on these missions and they didn't have the, the supplies mm-hmm. and the training that they needed and they were put in these horrible conditions and at least they were trying to bring more than just Bibles to folks, but still. And they were trying to convince people who had absolutely no fucking, like, they had no interest. Yeah. Like, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. But exactly. I want to make a point. So, right now in America, at this current time, there is a group of immigrants trying to migrate from Central America, Southern America, uh, like, you know, somewhere south of us. <laughs> from, yeah. <laughs> from Central America. Central America, yeah. They're trying to migrate here. And all of the, not all of the, there is a vast, there is a large amount of Christians calling mm-hmm. for militarized borders, shoot them if they get anywhere near us, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, the same group of people is saying that they want this indigenous sovereign tribe prosecuted mm-hmm. and brought to justice for killing this Christian for de- by defending their border. Yeah. It's literally... You can't see the hypocrisy. No. that's It's so hip- hypocritical. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, he's, he's even though they said repeatedly, if you go there, they're going to kill you, he still tries to swim across and they kill him. And they're, they're like, well, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's racism. That's what it is, people. You can call it what it is. No, it's, it's what's it called? When you... Boy, I'm a little bit drunk. Yeah. What's it called when you are discriminated against? What do you mean? When you're discriminated against? Prejudice? No. They're prosecuted. They're being prosecuted. Persecuted. Not prosecuted. <laughs> They're being persecuted <laughs> by this indigenous tribe yes. that they tried to invade. Yes, yes. It's a martyr complex. It's a, again, it goes back to glorifying martyrdom, and that goes way back to the beginning of Christian's roots. Because there's a, also a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's a classic. Same thing, where like two thousand years ago, people were writing about the glory of dying for Christ and the, the awful things that so-called happened to Christians. And most of the stories are complete fucking bullshit. Some of the stories are true. Most of them are bullshit. If someone told me you should go die for this, I'd be like, "Fuck you, fuck you." Yeah. No. I think, I mean, you, there should definitely be some serious questioning if you're yeah. going to die for something. Why aren't you going to die for it? Yeah. Why aren't you going to die? Why do I have to go die for it? What are you doing up there on that little stand? Exactly. So, anyway, so back to this, the essay, The Salvation Army. So, so again, so Booth is just throwing these missionaries out there and putting them in, in, uh, line, in, in the line of fire. In Australia, it wasn't that uncommon for salvationists to march into pubs and drown out all conversation by singing hymns. I would have thrown that's things at them. That's annoying as shit. Well, that's like... Imagine so, being... Okay, <laughs> to put this in modern times, imagine yeah. being at a gay bar. Yep. You're fucking dancing, having a good time, like Britney Spears is on or something. Yep. And this asshole comes in and he's like... Jesus Christ. I don't know any hymns, so I'm going to make it up. It's going to be like, this Jesus Christ is the Savior. He got nails in his hands. <laughs> he was up on the cross. I'd be like, get the fuck out. What are you doing? Well, in my church, another thing we did is we would run it. Well, I didn't. But the men, and since I was still not being recognized for myself, the men would run into bars and they would preach and they would like run in there and be like you're all going to hell you can be saved come to jesus and then the guys would like throw shit at them and they run out and that was like the big bar preaching was like the big thing literally that's the least effective thing because everybody in there is like nobody's listening to you you're not you're just being an asshole you then they and they would go and they would brag about how they would go bar preaching but the truth is they were just being fucking assholes 
All right, so so they would so these salvationists would walk into pubs and they would sing um, hymns, and but they also would often be run out of the same establishments while being pelted with flower bombs and rotten fruit and vegetables, which they is what they were deserved. Like stabbed or something. Oh yeah, no. Well, they just want to get them out of there. They're not trying to hurt them. So, so regardless of any backlash, the Salvation Army was still becoming one of the most prominent international charities in the world. By the late 1890s, judges were sentencing drunks to the Salvation Army in exchange for a in exchange for a prison sentence. At a time when there were almost no resources for addicts and alcoholics, this truly was the only grace many addicts found. However, these sentencings were really months and years months and year-long brainwashing sessions. Those who had nowhere to be to go turned to the Salvation Army and were at the Army's mercy. In order to have food and lodging, they must first pay lip service to the Salvation Army's teachings of salvation. Well, that sounds kind of sexual. I can only imagine what that involved. And they must express gratefulness and pledge loyalty to their saviors. I'm going to need some lip service if you want to get up in this salvation, baby. Mm, that's right. So I also have experience with this. I bet you do. I bet you do. So... When I, like, so right before I left the cult, I went, and I've talked before about how I went to one of our um, rehab centers, which was, I was sent there for my alcoholism, but really I was sent there because I was questioning my sexuality. And um, I did have a problem with alcohol, but I, I didn't recognize that then. I was going there for my sexuality. Anyways, but I got to see firsthand ex exactly what one of, like, the things that we're going to describe like is exactly what the the idea that they had and the treatment they had of um what am I doing? Shut up. Anyways, the so the so the things we're gonna describe is exactly what I saw and there was very much that we like we would bring these addicts and these alcoholics in, but it was really just to recruit them. Mm -hmm to our way of thinking and recruit them into our, our cult and they were very much looked down on. Like it was a it was a they it were was, shit on for being They were there. shit on. They were shit on. They were the scum and we were so much better than them, but we're going to help you be better. And if you didn't know about, you know, follow us, you need to get the fuck out. And I know this because I was in this home for 6 months and I t technically worked in the home because this is a whole other story. But I so I was in this home for 6 months, so I saw this firsthand. So anyways, so this is a practice that clearly still continues today. This idea of like pulling people in and forcing them to pledge their loyalty to you. Here's what one of the former employees stated about the treatment of the addicts today. This is a very recent. Um, as a manager in training, I have had a I have had a brief bird's eye view into what it's all about. They have a program that is supposed to help addicts and people with other issues at these centers called ARCs. I don't know what it stands for. Arc. For some like. Army recruit, I don't know. The first candidate? thing Army recruit candidate could be. I I don't know what ARC is. Corporal. So is they corporal high up. No, it's yeah. Then I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you can look it up. Anyways, so the point is they have these centers called ARCs. Back to this person's quote. The first thing that they do is have them get on food stamps. Then they have them sign them over to them. So they isn't the that person, illegal? No, this is also what my. Um, my home did where you would you would have to sign up for food stamps and then you'd have to sign your food stamps over to the home that you're in so so you have to sign your food stamps over to the salvation army as a manager you are told never to extend them more than common courtesy and in this organization that means they wanted them talked down to they do not pay these people either they aren't even supposed to be in the front of the store they are kept in the back like a dirty little secret long and short 
they have their lives in their hands. The Salvation Army has the addicts' lives in their hands, and they play God with it. So that's that's a very recent. So like this is still how it goes. This treatment. So you know the booth set it up, and they they found a vulnerable part of society. They're obviously the poor, but then they also had the the drunks and the addicts, and they look like they're being saints. But the truth is, they're getting free labor, and they're getting um they're getting more people into their ranks. And also, they're not having to pay to support them because they're paying for their own support through their own food stamps that they. Oh got. yeah, exactly. And and then they're getting billions of dollars in donations and in government government revenue right so i mean the salvation money the salvation army makes tons of money but it's not through their own patronage it's from the government and it's from rich people i want one again another fact that i heard was that one person donated literally donated one billion dollars to the salvation army when they died so, and, and that person wasn't like, and again, this is one church that expanded into all these branches. So going back to the treatment of these people, mm-hmm. it's actually not an uncommon practice. In fact, many, many religious organizations across the country have similar addiction programs and treat their patients the same way. But they take their model from the Salvation Army. In these institutions, God is taught instead of medicine and science, and the ultimate goal is not to help the sick, but rather to recruit more people to their cause or cult. Yes. And you're probably wondering, so when are we going to talk about the queers? Let's talk queer. Yeah. Here's some some statistics. I can't say that word. Statistics. I can't say it. Here's some stats. Here's some stats about substance abuse in the LGBTQ community. The LGBT population is twice as likely than the is twice as likely than their heterosexual counterpart to have used an illicit drug within the past year. The U.S. Census Bureau found that more LGBT adults binge drink than heterosexual adults. LGBT adolescents were 90% more likely to, to abuse drugs than heterosexual adolescents. This is especially true of lesbian and bisexual adolescents. LGBT persons are more likely to become addicted to drugs or alcohol once this happens, they need addiction treatment programs specialized for their population. Unfortunately, only 7.4% of the programs offer such specialized services. So where do they go? Exactly. So organizations like this, who then brainwash them, tell them they're pieces of shit, take yes. all their money, take all their government financial assistance, yep. and ruin But that's them. what I was getting to, but I was going to do more stats. But yes. You're right. I'm just quicker to the point. Yes. Yeah. And what about the other main service the Salvation Army offers? Shelter for the homeless. The William Institute published a study that shows that 40% of homeless youth are LGBTQ. Nearly 7 in 10, 68% respondents indicated that family rejection was a major factor contributing to LGBT youth homelessness, making it the most cited factor. More than half, 54% of respondents, indicated that abuse in their family was another important factor contributing to LGBT homelessness. And as for adults, while most gay and lesbian individuals have found better luck with employment and housing in recent years, the trans community still still struggles. A few statistics on that are, transgender workers report unemployment at twice... Transgender workers report unemployment at twice the rate of the population as a whole... 14% 14% versus 7%. More than 4 in 10 transgender people, 44%, who are currently working are underemployed. Transgender workers are nearly four times more likely than the, than the population as a whole to have a household income of under $10,000. $10,000 is not even $1,000 a month, folks. What? 
You yeah. can't even do anything on that. You there. can't. So you basically are homeless and starving. So these facts are to state that our community is the most vulnerable to the Salvation Army's so-called charity. We are the ones in need of housing. We are the ones in need of food. We are the ones struggling with substance abuse. And we are the ones who have sacrificed everything to be true to ourselves. So as we come crawling to the SA, begging for aid we so desperately need, what can we expect to get? Let's look back at some of the Army's actions toward the LGBTQ community. We wanted to point out that this section of the script was taken from the Huffington Post. We did verify these facts, but they laid them out very neatly. The article will be linked on our website. Remind me to write something for you. Yeah, I know. The Salvation Army has always stated that sodomy or homosexuality is a sin. However, it wasn't until the gay rights movement of the mid-1900s that the institution was forced to take direct aim at the issue. In 1986, their first political attack took place in New Zealand. There, the army worked to collect signatures opposing the Homosexual Law Reform Act. This act was meant to repeal the law that criminalized sex between two men. Thankfully, the law was repealed despite the Salvation Army's attempt to stop it. So 1980, so it's not that they didn't always have um, a stance against uh, the queer community. It's just that with everything that the queer community was facing in the government and society, the Salvation Army never had to come out and be like, we, you know, they never, we can't go any further back because there was, they weren't being forced to accept queer right. individuals before this. They, they could go along with society. They never had to worry about it. But then by the 1980s, the queer community is making moves and the Salvation Army is um, now forced to show their true colors. So in 1998, the SA of the United States chose to turn down $3.5 million in contracts with the city of San Francisco, resulting in the closure of programs for the homeless and senior citizens. The church backed out of these contracts due to San Francisco's requirement that city contractors must provide spousal, ben must provide spousal ben benefits to both same-sex partners and opposite set Straight and gay people. Yes, this, so San Francisco required that anybody who had a contract with the city provide benefits to same-sex and opposite-sex partners. Lieutenant Colonel Richard Love stated, We simply cannot agree to be in compliance of the ordinance. The city continued on the same note, sorry, not the city, uh, the Salvation Army continued on the same note in 2004 when it threatened to shut down all of its locations in New York City because they were told that they could not discriminate against LGBTQ people there. So they're all like, oh, we're so about helping the homeless. We're so about helping people in need. Did you say we have to serve gay people? I don't think so. We'll shut this bitch down. You want to see all these motherfuckers go out there on the streets and join their gay fucking counterparts? Yeah. Watch us. Exactly. So... In 2000, the Salvation Army of Scotland submitted a letter to Parliament opposing the repeal of Section 28, a law prohibiting the teaching in any maintained school of the acceptability of homosexuality as a pretended family relationship. Colonel John Flett, the, church, the church's Scotland secretary, wrote, We can easily see a situation where, due to active promotion of homosexuality in schools, Children will grow up feeling alienated if they fail to conform. It has nothing to do with the fact that uh, half of our priests are molesting them. No, no. I added that last part, but we'll he just pretend. By the way, the Salvation Army has never retracted or apologized for its suggestion that homosexuality would be promoted in schools or that children would be encouraged to become gay. So, like, so I mean, they're making their rounds. They're bouncing around the whole world here. And, you know, and they're just basically like, 
it's not just that they don't want to serve gay people. We don't even want it taught in school because, you know, because, it's promoting homosexuality. Yeah. What, yeah. What, how could how could that be okay? The pretended... I love this. The pretended family? The pretended family. The exception... The, the teaching in any maintained school of the acceptability of homosexuality as a pretended family relationship. Go how fuck could yourself. You, how could you be okay with teaching about gay people in school? How could you be okay? How could you be okay with that? Are you asking me? Yes. I couldn't be okay. I'm, being, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm joking. I'm going to tell you that I could never be okay with the pretended acceptability of, with the acceptability of pretended families. So you got to pull out of San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, fuck all that money. Fuck all that money, and we're going to shut all the bitches down in New York City. You know what I will say? Their pull-out game's pretty strong. Oh, yeah, they always know when to pull out. <laughs> but I love how they, they insist that they're not homophobic. Absolutely not. No, no way. Are you oh, no. no. It's like it's like when you walked out of the room that one time. This is not nearly as the same, but like when you walked out of the No, when we lived with my brother... And you were sitting there, and he walked out one day with his shirt off, and he turned around and ran back in his room. Cause he's not he was homo. so surprised. He was yeah. like, oh my god, what's going to happen? Exactly, no. No homo. He was like, Paul's <laughs> going to jump on me if I don't Exactly, turn right. Yeah, it's like that. It's like, no, I'm totally not homophobic. David, you're never going to listen to this, but if you ever do, for some weird reason, I was never interested, okay? You can, you can fall asleep. You can fantasize. <laughs> I know that's probably part of the issue, but... It was, it was never a thing. Oh, he's getting mad. He's yelling now. Fucking. Anyways. <laughs> that's, my, that's my impression of my brother. All right. In 2001, because we're not done yet, the Salvation Army of the United States attempted to make a deal with the Bush administration, ensuring that religious charities receiving federal funding would be exempt from any local ordinances banning anti-gay discrimination, because they haven't given up yet. Church spokesman David A. Fuscus. Fuckus. Fuckus. It's F-S-C-U-S, and that sounds like fuckus to me. F-U-S-C-U-S. Fuckus. That's that's the fuckus if I've ever seen it. He explained that the group did not want to extend medical benefits to same-sex partners of its employees. Which, by the way, why are you working there? Yeah, I... I mean, I I guess if you really can't get another job, but I feel like... There's gotta be something I don't get. And that's what I'm... Because here's the thing about the Salvation Army... Like, in later years, which we'll get to in a minute, but in later years, like, they start... I don't think they change their tune, but here's the thing. They, like I said, back to the billions of dollars in support that they get just from the government because they're a charitable organization. The government is going to pull their funding if they don't start getting along. Gay marriage becomes legal. We repeal all the sodomy laws. We um, demand that you, uh, you know, give same-sex benefits. And so the... um, and so the SA is going to lose a lot of money if they stay with this homosexual stance. Yep. So I really, I have like less respect for them because they don't even have the backbone to like give up all that money. Mm-hmm. Like they don't like homosexuals. They don't like queers. They don't like transgender people, but they want all that money. So they like, they conform as much as you push them. They've never willingly conformed. They've only conformed because they had to conform. But I guess if we're going to lose all of our money, I guess we're going to have to pretend that we're okay with it. Exactly. It's like, it's so many groups and that's the thing. That's the, that's why they can go fuck themselves because it's not like you're like, oh, we've evolved. They don't truly believe in their beliefs. It's all about the money. They don't believe in their beliefs and they don't believe and they, but they're also bigoted. I'm on my second can here. My second can of sparkling water. So, um, 
it was only after the deal was publicized by the Washington Post that the Salvation Army backed off. So again, so they like try to make the secret deal with Bush. Um, and that's sp- another thing. They're being yeah. fucking secretive. Oh, yeah. If you're going to fucking be this organization, fucking own it. Yeah, at least be like focused on the family or something. They're a bunch of cunts, but at least they're open about the fact that they're a bunch of cunts. You're sitting there taking money from everybody that you can and you're, you're they're secretly trying to do trying it behind to the scenes so everybody keeps yeah. donating. Exactly, yeah. They don't want to lose their money. They're just money hungry. Anyways. Go ahead. We need the Christian army. We need the Christian army. Who wants to be a colonel in the Christian army? Tweet Mm. me. So in 2012, the Salvation Army of Burlington, Vermont, allegedly fired caseworker Danielle Morantes immediately after discovering she was bisexual. Why were you working there in the first place, Danielle? Again, I don't know. Why are people working? If you go on their site, so now they have this whole public relations campaign. Mm -hmm. And if you go on their site today, they have a little tab. That talks about how they're so not homophobic, and they've got like four people that have testified that they're really not homophobic. Um, you can just go join the Trump supporters. You can go stand over there with the other uh, queer Trump supporters. Okay, looking like an idiot and an asshole. Yeah. So the church's employee handbook reads, in part, the Salvation Army does reserve the right to make employment decisions on the basis of an employee's conduct or behavior that is incompatible with the principles of the Salvation Army. Later that year, Salvation Army spokesperson Major George Hood, again, not actually a major, nope. reaffirmed the church's anti-gay beliefs, saying, a relationship, a relationship between same-sex individuals is a personal choice that people have the right to make. But from a church viewpoint, we see that going against the will of God. Exactly. And again, they're a church. They're not a charitable organization. They're a fucking church. They're a church cult. They're wearing uniforms. You know who else wears uniforms? Nazis. Yes, but... (laughs) No. Um, The Scientologists. They think they're in the Navy. They wear Navy uniforms and they have the whole, like, command thing. And they're as culty as fucking cult gets. Make sure you check out Leah Remini's uh, A&E series. You gotta watch it. Um... But Scientology in the aftermath. But yeah, Scientologists walk around in their little uniforms and they the Navy with uniforms, the, Navy. the gayest uniforms. I'm sorry, oh, they're so I'm gay. sorry if that offended anybody, but like the Navy the, uniform. The is Navy super is gay. really gay. The Navy's just gay. You're stuck on a boat with men. It's like it, you don't even you, you only get off on base every once in a while. We all know the Navy's gay. We all know it. Anyways, um, <laughs> so yeah. So where was it going? Yeah, they're a church cult. Okay. They're, they're a church cult, and they have done some good things, but they're still fucking homophobic. In 2012, again, during an interview, Serena Ryan asked Major Crabe of the Salvation Army about the Salvation Army's Handbook of Doctrine, so that's like their Bible, which includes reference to a biblical passage that the host, Serena Ryan, maintained called for homosexuals to be punished by death. An excerpt from the interview, which was widely circulated on the internet, prompted a great deal of controversy for seemingly showing that Major Crabe agreed with the concept that Salvation Army doctrine called for homosexuals to be put to death. The excerpt read, Ryan. Okay, Ryan. So if I go and I read the Handbook of Doctrine and I connect with my homosexuality, then that says, according to the Salvation Army, that I deserve death. How do you respond to that part of the doctrine? Well, that is a part of our belief system. So we should die? I mean, well, we have an alignment to the scriptures, but that's our belief. So that was the expert excerpt pulled. So the guy couldn't be like, no, you shouldn't die. No, he's like, well, we believe that, so go fucking kill yourself. <laughs> he didn't say that, but he basically he implied, implied it. it. 
Yeah. Um, up until... Yeah, go, ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay. Up until 2013, the Salvation Army had links to conversion therapies on their website under sexual addictions mm. and encouraged the process for their queer for their queer followers. By the way, just a reminder that conversion therapy is still legal for minors in 36 states. And there is a fantastic movie in theaters right now, Boy Erased. Go see it. Yeah. Really. Right now. Buy tickets and go. Wait until you're done with the podcast. But yes, well, I... you have like probably 10 minutes left. You but do. then, go see then, it. Then, yeah, it's not that much longer. Uh, no, I went and saw Boy Erased. It was fantastic. You didn't invite me? I, no, I didn't invite no, you. Thanks. Well, well I, I... I'm glad we're best friends. I went with my fiance. Well, fuck her. Well, I do fuck her. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but it's a conversion therapy. I love you, Sam. (laughs) For sexual addictions, which again, with my history, I know that's exactly what I went to rehab for, for my sexual addiction, which is what they call homosexuality. They also put gender identity identity under sexual addictions. Do they call the priests molesting the children sexual addiction? Or do they call that, like, the children enticing the priests? Um, it depends on how high up in the church the priest is, honestly. Because if the it's like when um, my ex-pastor uh, cult leader got sent to prison because he fucked a 16-year-old. Like, most people were like, well, he shouldn't have done that. But there were people that were like, but what was she wearing in the office? So The skirt that was down to her ankle yeah, that she was well, required. Did she flash some of the ankle? <laughs> the ankle. Have you ever looked at an ankle and been like, oh, wow, oh, yeah. that's oh, an ankle. Oh, I love a good ankle, I'll tell when, you that. When Sam wore that little jean skirt, you were like, you weren't looking at the legs, you were like, that fucking ankle right that's there. That's right. That's the like, boniest, wow. meatiest ankle I've ever seen. Mmm, <laughs> yes. So now I'm going to go home and watch some ankle porn. I... Just rub the bumps. <laughs> you ever rub bumps? Mm. I think that's called playing footsies, but yes. <laughs> If you want to call it your way. Rubbing bumps. (laughs) So most recently in the Salvation Army's true feelings toward the queer community, in June of 2017, last year, the New York City Commission on Human Rights announced that it was charging four different substance abuse centers, one of which is run by the Salvation Army, with discriminating against transgender patients in violation of city law. Violations found at the offending centers include, and these are on the Human Rights uh, Commission website, you can read the report yourself, refusing to accept transgender people as patients or tenants, assigning trans people rooms based on their sex assigned at birth instead of their lived gender identity, unwarranted physical examinations to determine if trans people are on hormone are on hormone therapy or have had surgery. Oh, so they physically... Yeah, physically like... just like rip your pants down and be like, what do you have in there? Uh, segregating transgender patients into separate rooms because we're very dangerous. You've got to put us At in least our own room. room though. Uh, yeah, that, well, that's probably the only good part about it. Can you, but again, when we just talked about how like the high rates in homelessness and substance abuse among trans people and, and, and queer people in general. And can you imagine like you have no place to go. You go to this place and you just have to be they're so They're like stripped down. They're fucking checking you and they're like, actually, exactly. nah, yeah, you can. You're in the wrong room. Sorry, no. Actually, I don't even know if you can stay here. Yeah. You should probably just go kill yourself. You should just leave. That's what God wants. But not not homophobic at all. Not at all. Not, not no. even in the least. Did you read our website? Because we put a statement on our website that said we're not homophobic. We had four people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Pink News reported Noah Lewis of the Transgender Legal Defense and Education Fund alerted authorities to the abuses after hearing about transgender people being turned away from the treatment center. 
Lewis said, People seeking drug treatment are being turned away simply because they're transgender. That's unacceptable. Transgender people are disproportionately Oh Jesus. Transgender people are disproportionately discriminated against in their daily lives, at their jobs, in restaurants, and on the streets. Enough is enough. No one seeking treatment for drug use should be met with discrimination or harassment, and I'm glad the commission is taking action so that people seeking treatment can get the help they need. According to the Pink News report, the Salvation Army is now facing fines of up to wow, $250,000 for the discriminatory practices. Yeah, we're still making like one night one day in front of Walmart. <laughs> so, as you're walking past that not so jolly Santa this Christmas. You know Christmas, what? They actually are always pissed now that you, now that you mentioned it. They're always yeah. just like fucking pissed that they're there. Well, so a lot of people is that are the, Is that the people that are like homeless? Like that's what they have to do? Well, you have to work for the Salvation Army. So there's you can work in one of their um, their thrift shops. Mm-hmm. You can work as a Santa. Like there's a lot of jobs. A lot of people, um, addicts and drunks, drunks, alcoholics, sorry, um, are um, court ordered to the Salvation Army, and so you um, have to be there for like six months. So or that a might year. be, it. and that's yeah. yeah. So that's like part of their duty that they have to do is stand on there. So there's a lot of reasons. The whole thing is it's free labor for the Salvation Army to raise money, and I'm not a, I'm not opposed to rehab programs that like put people to work and keep them busy. I'm not opposed to that, but I am opposed to what they put on people. How they they've tried they shove I. I have been in recovery for three years and talked to a lot of people that have gone to these Salvation Army homes. And some people are very grateful. There are also people that are very religious. If you're not religious, you're fucked. If you don't agree with their particular brand of religion and if you don't get caught on fire for God, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Like you, it is shoved down your throat every single day. And I can't believe that the courts are ordering people there. That's the thing that pisses me off. Like we have other, I get back in 1890 when you had nowhere else to go. It's not 1890. We have so many other rehabs. Why are we sending people to the Salvation Army? I don't know. So anyways, so when you're walking past that Santa, you might want to think twice before dropping a dollar in the bucket. Instead, whip out your phone and drop a donation to the Trevor Pot Project for homeless youth or the HRC or your local LGBTQ charity or maybe this podcast. I don't know. Throw us a dollar. You want to give a dollar to someone, we'll take a dollar. <laughs> We're all for giving this season and always, but it's better when your money is serving everyone and not just some. We hope you had a wonderful holiday, and we'll squeeze in a few more episodes before the end of the year. Thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to subscribe, download, and rate, or even donate a few bucks to our Patreon at yourqueerstory.com. Nope, just kidding. At patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. Evan just uploaded a new video about Trump's renewed efforts to ban transgender military members, which you can only find on our Patreon. I promise at some point I'll put something up there. But, I'm going to get Paul in on this video, so he'll be there too. But yeah, we're getting more stuff, but we're being really exclusive on our videos that we're dropping now. So you want to watch the stuff, you got to subscribe. subscribe. It's only $3. That was probably the worst off-key subscribe. unison. It was like, <laughs> So we love you, our little Christians. Stay safe. Don't get a lobotomy. And thank you, our allied hookers. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.